Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Good day, listeners. In Psalm 139, verses 13 to 18, we read the following. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me. They were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. Welcome back once again, listeners. The Sovereign Creator knows you. That is the truth that David wants to bring out in Psalm 139. God created the world, and He is intimately involved in all the processes of the world since then. His work includes the work of transforming a baby from unformed tissue to a fully developed little human. David responds to this knowledge with gratitude to the Lord for the gift of life. There is a deep human need that Psalm 139 addresses, and that is the need to be known. People struggle with this. We want to be known, and yet we want to hide. We fear that others will use their knowledge to hurt us. We are divided. Facebook provides an interesting example of this. An individual may hide behind a profile when they create a public image that demonstrates all of their best traits. And yet, Facebook also gives people a place to be known. That is its fatal attraction. Even though, on the one hand, people hide their true selves on Facebook, they share intensely private things that they would not quickly share in person. People want to be known. They want to be understood. God knows you. He knows you inside and out. He formed your inward parts. That means he formed both the physical you, your kidneys, your heart, and all the tubing that binds those things together. At the same time, he developed the emotional you. He knows what moves you, what hurts you, your good tendencies, and your destructive tendencies. If you don't know the goodness of God, this truth is intensely frightening. God knows your anger the times when you lash out in your mind against your friends and family. God knows your lust, your hidden desires, when you claim to desire and love only one person. God knows your greed, your discontent with the gifts that you have been given, your body, your family, your possessions. You can never match the holiness and righteousness of God, and the fact that He knows you is grounds for a deep existential terror. But you must know the goodness of God. We see it in the bodies He gives us. We see it in the life that He brings into the world, the birth of a baby, in beautiful landscapes that God set out for us, and in the way He sustains us every day through His good gifts of rain and sunlight. These are broken gifts. We can list all the horrors that happen among mankind every day. God's original plan was not brokenness. In the end, the brokenness is our responsibility. However, 
God continues to show his goodness to us. We see that in nature, as well as our own nature. How does David respond to the gift of life that God has given him? How does David respond to the knowledge that God is accomplishing his plan for David? His response is overwhelming gratitude. God has given him a gift in forming and creating his life. We read, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully, in that David cannot imagine the wisdom of God in creating him. Wonderfully, in that God created David with purpose and with full ability to fill out that purpose. Too often we respond with ingratitude to the basic gift of life. We are like hypochondriacs. A hypochondriac is a person who thinks that he is constantly sick when he is not. He is unable to enjoy the life he could have because he thinks he is not able to enjoy life. Something needs to break through to the hypochondriac about the good things that he has. It's the same with us. Somehow we aren't able to enjoy what we have. We struggle to learn gratitude for the gift of life. But listeners, how are we supposed to develop this gratitude? As I mentioned earlier, we are sick. We are sick with anger, lust, and greed. How was David able to respond with such intense gratitude to the fact that he was born? Is he not afflicted with these things as well? Didn't he experience the hard suffering of life? Yes, he did. David was chased into the wilderness for years by a king who once accepted him as a son. David not only struggled with anger, lust, and greed, but in the middle of his life, he committed a terrible act that included murder and adultery. But David knew that God had provided a way of salvation. David did not look to himself, but he looked beyond himself to the God who had created him, the sovereign God who had showed him goodness. He showed that goodness in Jesus Christ, his Son. He sent Jesus to die for the sake of the world so that we would learn gratitude for the goodness of God. If you believe in Christ, he promises to begin the operation of converting you. Just as God works in the womb of a mother to form a baby, so God will begin work in you so that more and more you will reject sin and love righteousness. Yes, we only have a small beginning of that transformation in this life. But that small beginning is another glorious gift that God offers to mankind. Through Christ, we may have thanksgiving for the life that God gives us despite people who attack us, despite sickness, and despite suffering. Why? Because He promises us eternal life. Thank you for listening. Till next week.